Hey, this is K.A. and my boy, Eddie J. And you're now listening to the In the Trenches podcast. And today we have a special guest. Um, it's kind of like impromptu. We were just walking in the studio and we <laughs> found a special guest and invited her to come on. Uh, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Mello. I was a random person kind of sitting, squatting in the podcast room when these two <laughs> people walked in and invited me to be a part of their show today. I'm really excited to be on. Sweet, sweet. All Glad right. to have you. Glad yeah. to have you. So what, what are we discussing today? We're talking Kay. entrepreneurship. I know last uh, episode we had our boy uh, Tony Perez on and we dropped a little uh, blip in there about how you went to lunch and never came back again. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we basically want to hear like your personal story, how you went um, from basically uh, working, how everybody else says the same nine to five to being an entrepreneur. But first, let's start off with some of your background. Well, kind of start us off at at college and like, oh, what did you want to do? Like, what was your ultimate plan and stuff like that? Right, right. So I went to um, undergrad in in the state of Georgia, and um, I've always planned on or intended to go to law school. Um, And so I majored in criminal justice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, really when I, by the time I graduated, I was like, well, I don't, I'm not quite sure if I want to go to law school. Um, and I wasn't willing to become a police officer or probation officer or anything like that. So, so you didn't I, want to get shot? No, no. So I, I almost had a, I hate to say it, for, for, for me, I had almost like a dead-end degree if I didn't go to law school. Right? Yeah. Because that's why I, I, I majored in criminal justice to kind of get um, a head start into the legal field. So then um, I worked a little bit. I actually worked for the Department of, of um of uh, human resources for the state of Georgia. Wow. I managed food stamps and Medicaid, Medicare for a lot of people. I determined, I was the one actually that gave them their benefits. I determined if they qualified for them and if they were in compliance. Uh, did that for a little while, for about a year. And then I was like, okay, I, I, I want to go to law school. And I started applying, got in, um, and then uh, started started my legal career at uh, a law school here in North Carolina. Um, and then from there, I decided to go go the corporate route. I worked for a small boutique firm straight out of law school, um, and um, it was good. They were, we were small; it was just three attorneys, but we were super busy. Mm-hmm. We had we had over a thousand cases, and each attorney had like three hundred plus. I mean, we were oh. we were rocking and rolling. Um, and then kind of had a, a falling out with 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 some of the uh, the attorneys there. Um, we're, we're okay now, but uh, you know, I just saw things differently, and uh, you know. You can't do anything if you're an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, I was like, okay, well, uh, let me switch. And I, and, I, and I applied for this um, much larger firm. Mm-hmm. They have like 20 or 30 attorneys uh, here in Charlotte. And they, they were cranking out some uh, work as well. Um, and then I was there for, <laughs> for a total of maybe like two months. <laughs> and then I, and then, I and then I realized that I was a bad employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I kind of I realized that earlier on, even when I was at um, in undergrad, I just realized that I, I'm, I'm just I'd rather just work for myself. Um, you know, it's it's just it's in it's my nature. It's who I am. It's what I want to do. And it just took me a couple of jobs to figure it out and to really kind of um, make that step because it was scary. It was scary. But yeah, that's how I yeah. ended up. Yeah. So why law? Like, did you grow up watching like Law and Order or something like that on TV? Like, no. Like, like I think a lot of folks and coming from a middle poor to middle class family, you know, you, you got to go to school. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a first generation immigrant, so mm-hmm. my parents mm-hmm. um, came here from Mexico, undocumented, and so for them, it's like got to go to school, got to go and get your degree, mm-hmm. and specifically either, either you're going to be a doctor or an attorney. 
Um, they pigeonhole you into they, one of three careers. You can do. either be doctor, lawyer, engineer. Hey, we snuck in there. <laughs> you did. And I wish if I could do it all over again, actually, I had a full ride to one of the, the two of the best tech, right? Universities in, in Georgia. That's right. I mm-hmm. had a full ride of Georgia Tech and then I had oh, a full wow. ride of UGA. Had I known that you can, you just need a bachelor's degree to go to law school, yep. I would have, I would have gone to Georgia Tech mm-hmm. and got an engineering degree and then gone to law school. But the things you don't know when you're a first year, right? No one, no one told me I was the first to graduate from mm-hmm. undergrad. And I was the first to graduate from grad school, so mm-hmm. um, learned a lot. But um, to, to answer your question, so I was kind of pigeonholed into picking, you know, one of those careers. But then I've, I've always wanted a. I always wanted, if I was going to go to school and spend all that time and money, I wanted to make sure I was in a position to help people, like mm-hmm. really help people in, in the position of of power. I mean, you know, so it start, really I'm, is. I'm starting to connect the dots with the whole like immigration thing and stuff like that with mm-hmm. why you practice now so I can see like... So the areas of practice, yeah. yeah. Uh, I focus on immigration and personal injury, workers' compensation. Mm-hmm. I have a partner too. He does the business litigation side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do the immigration side to help out people. I mean, I, I don't even do it for the money. I, I'm... I'm I'm charging a fraction of what the majority of firms are charging out here because it's it's about helping out. It's my way of giving back um, to to a lot of um, families. And, I think and that speaks a lot to your moral compass because most perception people have of lawyers like they're these stern, oh, yeah. rigid people don't really care. They just clean cut and dry, like you know what it's I'm saying. About so, the money, it's yeah, it's about the money. Yeah, and I tell my clients and they pick up on it right away um, because you know they're like, oh wow, like. You know, one of the most expensive cases that I do is maybe four or five thousand, mm-hmm. right? Um, very complicated and, and it takes a lot of time. But um, the competition is charging like ten thousand, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. up to fifteen thousand. I've heard, and it's because they're doing it for the money. You know, and for me, it's like I tell the clients, like I'm not doing this to get rich. This is I'm doing it because I enjoy it and I want to help out, and the money will come mm-hmm. based on the relationships and 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 you know the way I'm helping out people, and it's it's working. It's mm-hmm. great. So you good. say you like it here in like the North Carolina area? Oh yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, because oh, I'm yeah. missing you from Georgia. Like you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, I, no, I have. It's funny. I, I'm getting a lot more calls and and questions from Georgia from friends and family out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like maybe I'll open up maybe a small immigration Remote. satellite office mm-hmm. out there. Um, but that would be much much later. I'm I'm enjoying where I am and 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 I love Charlotte. Okay, yeah, I'm not going yeah. anywhere. So I know you said like. Uh, being an entrepreneur is kind of like scary. You know what I'm saying? Like what as far as like would you let somebody outside know as far as like what's up under the hood? Just because like from for me, I mean, we already talked like how I'm trying to transition to that uh, like space, but you have to have a certain mindset because everybody doesn't have the yeah. personal accountability and discipline and like drive and passion to like. Yeah, I, I think it definitely takes courage for sure um, because um, – it, it, you know, you're responsible for your income now, right? Mm-hmm. You're no longer, once you, it, it's a mindset, right? So you have to have the mindset or be open to the mindset. I think mm-hmm. any, I think just about anyone and everyone can, can, can relate to this or, or, or open up their mind to it. Mm-hmm. Once you realize that you don't want to exchange your time for money mm-hmm. anymore, mm-hmm. then that's when you, you're on the, track to become an entrepreneur because I don't just, I don't show up and clock in and get paid. You know, I have to, I have to find, I have to find the money. I have to find the clients. I'm responsible for them now. You know, what just went off in my head. It's like, you just go from like 
to like a hunter mindset. Oh yeah, just you like eat what gatherer. you kill. Yeah. Oh, you eat what you kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, I mean, it has its pros and cons, yeah. right? So yes, you're responsible for 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 you know keeping the lights on, making sure you you know you have a salary because mm-hmm. um, you're no longer walking in and just clocking in, and then you get your paycheck at the end of the week or then the month or whatever. So yeah. it's it's definitely it's definitely scary, but it's a lot more rewarding, you know, for sure. You're a lot more flexible. Yeah, um, you know, you can do things how you want. You're the decision maker. Mm-hmm. Um, you organize the workspace and the culture and the environment how you want it, and that's what makes our firm so unique. Um, so there's some pros and cons for See, sure. My thing from the corporate world is like no more resumes, no oh, more yeah. annual reviews, no more <laughs> oh, going to no. HR, like it's all that stuff is like gone. For me to see a resume at this point with how many job applications I've put in <laughs> since oh, yeah. I graduated. See, I'm sorry, my love, but I don't ever have to think about a resume. I can't remember the last time I thought of a resume. You wow. know, um, but it's different. You know, would you say you have a entrepreneur mindset, or are you still trying to figure that out? Because how old are you? I'm 24 right now, okay. and I actually know very clearly the answer to this question. And at this stage in my life, it's no, because um, no, you don't. You're not an entrepreneur. I don't have the mindset. Okay. You know, my dad is an entrepreneur. Actually, yeah, wow. he has a restaurant here in Charlotte oh, okay. that he's had since 2001. It's an Ethiopian Eritrean cuisine restaurant, but also the 2009 financial crisis and everything that comes along with owning a business. But I'm that interested. goes back to episode one. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I'm interested though if you come from a family. See, I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I came, I came from a family of hustlers. Like, hey, mm-hmm. hard work. But I mean, that's two just jobs. about anybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two jobs. It's so funny. My dad has made has more in assets than any of my other siblings, and made half the amount of money that that, that my siblings have made. Right? Mm-hmm. He has way more to show for the for the amount of money that he's made than my siblings that have made two three times more than him. Mm-hmm. Right? He's got properties everywhere. He's got a good retirement account. My my siblings who make over one hundred fifty thousand don't don't even have like you know, they haven't even paid off their own house. You yeah. know what I mean? Really? Um, so yeah. it's interesting for me that you're coming from a family of entrepreneur and you don't have that mindset. Well, why, why is that? I guess that? maybe because it's different with the restaurant industry. You're not investing your money. You're investing a lot of your time. Oh, yeah. So I saw my parents very little as a kid. I mean, they'd clock in at like 5 p.m. It's that spongy uh, bread roll. That, that, what is it, that? Yeah, it's called injera. Okay. It's it a spongy of, sour it, bread that you use to kind of dip into the sauce and, it's, yeah, you, and eat you, with. You've never even had these. Nope. No, it's too exotic for KA. <laughs> no utensils. You style. eat with your hands. <laughs> yeah, you, it's and really I think fun. you're supposed to eat with the opposite hand that you wipe your ass with. I think is oh, what I was told. Really? But but I feel I think, like you're making this up. No, when you read no, it, that no, no, that's not true. I think <laughs> I think it's a it's an Indian thing, an Indian thing. So. And you know what? Ethiopian food very closely resembles yeah. uh, Indian food. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, ask your mom and dad. I know, I know if we have something, um, a practice called Gorsha, which is when someone tries to feed you from their hand. And if they do that, Mm -hmm. you can't say no. That's intimate. You have to take it. Yeah, it is very intimate. You're eating with your hands and... Oftentimes, you're eating with people off the same plate. Like mm-hmm. the plate is oh, about it's potluck the style. size. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, potluck style. Your head. We squared. call it tapas. Yeah, <laughs> tapas. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. So, so you. But anyway, I grew up in that in like the entrepreneurial kind of uh, environment, but I saw how hard my my parents worked, and um, I, I saw them very little as a kid, and how stressful it was to own a business um, so during those tumultuous times. That's what and turned it, you off. It, it turned it. me yeah, off to sense. it. Yeah, and and that doesn't have to be your route as an entrepreneur. 
keep in mind, my parents were also immigrants and had to learn English when they came to the States. And mm-hmm. my dad didn't have like the business acumen or so the so education to really build his business out and have like multiple. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's a lot of, see, that's the thing. We'll talk about this once you get into, we get into the actual business side of things. But it's funny that the fact that you saw your mom and dad you know, going through it, starting this business, and it was it was very draining very and stressful. Draining. Made you not want to become an entrepreneur. Yeah, I was that's seeing, all I knew. Yeah, I was seeing my mom and dad struggling and responding to the man and working nine to five or nine mm-hmm. to nine or whatever, and that's what made me become an entrepreneur. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that just because personally, like, I mean, my parents worked nine to five too. Like I didn't really get this whole entrepreneur spirit until like later in life, just because I I start to learn, like, I like autonomy. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like being held back based off of the performance of the group around me, which Mm -hmm. is why I like track in college. Like we could lose as a team, but I could win all three of my events by myself and just feel fine. You know what I'm saying? Like an accomplice. You know, but there's a great saying, Kay, you know, if you want to go fast, you go alone, but if you want to go go far... You go, you together. go together. That's true. But that comes down to if you if you have a good network, like if you're an entrepreneur, but if you have a good network. And and you don't accomplish anything by yourself either. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you oh, have yeah. a team that's of people difficult. rallying behind you and, that's, that's and the, helping you get to where you need to go. That's the team entrepreneur. Um, so, so I guess your mom and dad, obviously, if they've been around that long, they've, they've, they have a good following and their food must be pretty good, right? Mm. In order to weather these different yeah. crises. Um, but there's one thing that I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs do not realize is that just because in your 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 family's case they're great cooks does not mean they're good business people. Mm-hmm. So for me, just because someone's a great attorney does not make you a good business you know um, owner. It's, and so there are two different things. You're always dealing with the business side of things, and then your expertise, attorney, mm-hmm. cook, or or whatever you're going to be. And you ha- you need you need to be good in both to do well. And honestly, actually. You can be better at the business mindset, and if you master that, you only have to be a decent this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about it. Look at McDonald's. That's true. Mm-hmm. Look at the, some of the biggest law firms in in Charlotte. They spend a million dollars a year in marketing, but these attorneys have never tried a case. You know, they never got in front of the jury and actually tried a case. But it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They're worth million, multi-million dollar firms yep. because they know the business side. They know what it takes it's- to market and brand and to really pump that out, and that's separate and apart. And it's its own skill. Yeah. 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 What's What's next? What you got? Well, I was thinking. I guess we kind of could get in the business side, but we. I kind of wanted to segue based off like how you saw your parents and stuff like that because your relationships. You know what I'm saying? Like, how is it? Um, as an entrepreneur, how do you have to structure your relationships, especially like when it comes to like, say, if you're dating another entrepreneur or dating somebody with a nine to five mindset? Like, how do those mm-hmm. two mindsets coexist in the start same space? On that one. I haven't experienced that. Well, kind of with your parents. Yeah. Well, you said dating. So my mom. Well, relationships. Relationships. Yeah. I mean, did did the business put a strain on your parents' relationship? Oh, 100%. 100% it did. Are they still intimate? Because. TMI. It's a bit TMI, but honestly. I wouldn't know. My parents are intimate. I feel like it. I don't think it was the business that. I think the business contributed to um, kind of them having a more tumultuous relationship towards um, like the latter half of my upbringing. But I also feel like um, there's there's a lot that went into my mm-hmm. parents' relationship that contributed to like their to the situation they have right now. But I talked to my dad a lot about his mindset and he's been trying to convince me to start my own business and then stop with this whole grad school mess and trying to get a job after college. 
Um, because oh yeah, because if you if you go to I think you said you were gonna, you were trying to go to you know, Duke or mm-hmm. um, and some of those other big time private schools. Oh, you're going to drop fifty, sixty thousand. Oh yeah. yeah, easily, easily. Depending yeah. on your situation, you may have some money saved up, and you may have some scholarships and grants. But but grad school is never fully covered. Exactly. Oh, I know. I got some scholarships, but I still have a lot of student loans. But you're right. I think. I think your dad's onto something. I have um, a friend who reached out to me, um, was asking me, you know, hey, what would you do? I got accepted to, I think, Syracuse, Georgetown, and some other big time school. And I said, how much is it going to cost you? She said, uh, fifty to sixty thousand, right, mm. for one year. And I was like, wow. I was like, what do you ultimately want to do? And she mm-hmm. said, well, I want to become this creative director in marketing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, girl, you don't have to climb the corporate ladder or go to this big time school. Take your sixty grand, start your own business, and then find you some clients and work at it from that perspective. Because otherwise, you're going to spend sixty grand, and yeah, you may come out making you know one hundred grand, but you're going to climb that ladder. That's going to take time. That's difficult, and it's not a guarantee. Either. It's not guarantee. It's not a guarantee. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Do you believe, though, that you have to work just as hard um, doing it on your own and being an entrepreneur as you would if you did go the corporate route and paid off your loans and then branched off on your own once so you had a couple of things. A couple of things. I think it's a two overall. Part, it's a two part question answer to me. One, I don't believe in working hard. I like I like the work. Smart, smart, and I like to work happy. <laughs> really, right? No one, no one wants to work hard. That just sounds miserable, and, and it does. It's not fun. But that's the whole old mindset of thinking. That though. Is, it is. Oh is yeah, especially with my parents. You know, the bootstrappers mentality. You yeah. know, they're just like, you gotta work hard every day. My my dad will call me. Hey son, how's the firm going? Are you working hard? You 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 putting, <laughs> you putting a lot of work in. I'm like, Dad, I don't work hard. I work happy. All right, I yeah. work happy. And so, but one of the things you realize, Melo, is that. When, when you're an entrepreneur, you, you realize that it's a more direct investment for yourself and your your brand. Yeah. Mm. And that is far more rewarding than working corporate and like you're just making someone else more money and they're getting a lot more credit, right? Yeah, you may be part of a team and certain corporations are better than others. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, if you're making 100000 how much do you think these top-tier executives are making? That is exactly yeah. what my dad says. If it, someone has to pay you 50000 to show up every day, they've got to be making... Millions. Twice, oh, yeah. three times, or... Easily. Ten times more Easily. than what they're giving Easily. you. Easily. So... That's that's why I say like one for me is about working smart and and happy right and then two it's like okay this is more of a direct investment so do I work hard no um, for the reasons I just said but I do I guess if you have to quantify it I do I'm probably working more hours now than I did when I was in the corporate route but in the long run though over longevity. Oh yeah, like benefits you, and rewards an over time. Yeah. It's an investment. Yeah, but also when you're doing work that makes you happy, it's less taxing on your body. Oh, so for sure. So you don't mm-hmm. feel don't, it as much as when you were working exactly, seventy hours in the corporate ex- job. Exactly, and it's different, right? I mean, I, I come in and I start my day early, and I can take breaks, and and I'll do what I want, how I want, and it's it's much more relaxing. You know, it's you're in more control, and it's much better. It's funny you speak on your dad, though, just because, like, I had this one thought, like, back in the day, it was like, oh, you work at this one job for 30 years and you retire because they had the whole pension system set up. Mm -hmm. But now we have, like, the whole 401k where people move their money around and stuff like that. But companies, they'll put, like, these little stipulations. You have to stay three years before you can, like, take the money that they invested. But I think ultimately what people will do is just be uh, independent contractors, kind of like how people necessarily work for Uber. Like, they just figure out how to turn their specialty into an entrepreneur. 
entrepreneurship. Like yeah. the gig yes, economy. Yeah. Like I think ultimately that's where we're heading, especially with everything transitioning to the internet. Like, For sure. Oh, it's the internet. Yeah. It's changing everything. But to answer, I think we didn't go back to the the original question was Oh yeah. The the, the, <laughs> the entrepreneur, uh, being an entrepreneur and then dating or being in a relationship yeah. or whatever. I think it's interesting. I um because when you when you interact with people who generally speaking there are a lot more employees than there are employers yeah but, um, when you interact with with you know regardless if it's a significant other or a friend you have to they have to realize and you have to realize like they are exchanging their their time for money so on the weekends when they're off they're just trying to have fun like they want to be zombies they want to they check out they, yeah. they, they want to just you know, party or hang out, watch movies, whatever they do, but they're not really doing anything truly productive. Mm -hmm. My weekend is like, okay, this is an extra two days to get ahead and I don't have to worry about, you know, whatever. The, the next week side. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, this is what I, what can I do to, to, to really further myself and, and invest in myself? And so you have to make sure your partner understands that mm -hmm. um, because otherwise, you know, they just want to spend the weekends doing nothing and you slowly fall behind because you don't just walk in and just trade your time for money. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I keep saying it over and over because it's the key. Um, and then once you realize that, I think it's, it's, it's much better. Okay. And, it, and maybe Melo, I mean, I'm not sure if, you know, your, your parents kind of maybe had those discussions or if you were aware, you maybe, maybe you're too young, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, that balance of, you know, this is personal time. time. This is personal time. Yeah. This is, you know, time to be romantic with my partner or intimate with my family. And if you don't yeah. take time to organize your day in that way, yeah. I mean, it can lead to some stress. Yeah. yeah, it definitely can. I don't think my parents were very good about setting those boundaries. I think they just saw, um, like, work, 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 get more money. Kind of mm -hmm. like what you were saying. Like work you, hard. you work hard and you get the return that you need. But really what you need to be doing is working smarter and yeah. um, finding a way to um, spend, I guess, less time for that money mm -hmm. because your time is the most valuable, non-renewable asset you have. That's, That's right. where it comes to mindset though because our generation is more like, the, look, the generation like ahead, ahead of us is like, oh, like I remember like I went to like... Um, talking to like my goddaughter and stuff like that. Like some of those kids actually just want to be YouTube stars versus like an engineer. So oh yeah. So the internet changing it, the game. But it's yeah. lucrative. Yeah. Oh, so sure. why not let them do that if they can make the, but, the but salary it, of an engineer? Oh, but God. it comes down to effort though. Like back in the day, it's like, oh, you have to work hard to get all this money. But we've, as time has moved forward and all these different generations have come out, like you don't really have to put in that amount of effort to get all these funds and stuff like that. Which it's is effort in a different way. Yes. That's what I have to say. I think you're still spending time, you know, um, and it's just a, it's effort in a different way. You're innovating. It, yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is one key difference. I think just back in the day, like, Oh, you just work hard, check in, check out. But now like we go to work and figure out how to make our jobs easier or instead of like making them easier, figure out how to work for ourselves. And once we like hit like a certain uh, plateau, we figure out how to scale so we can step back away and let things just run autonomously. As far Scaling, as like the that's the big one. That's what I'm trying to work on mm -hmm. now yeah. that I think your parents maybe struggled with uh, because you have to, in order to make money as an entrepreneur, like really make money mm -hmm. and, and set it up in a passive way, right? Because mm -hmm. no one, in my mind, I have a really hard time believing that a lot of people create their own business to give themselves more work. Like you don't do that. Like you, yeah. you do it to focus on the things that you really enjoy doing, but also to make money 
in a passive way. Yeah, money has mm-hmm. to have kids. It does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Money has to have kids, and, and that, then eventually your time needs to come back to you. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people don't recognize that. And the different areas are different in what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I know for restaurants, you need to have multiple restaurants to, to have that type Absolutely. of- Absolutely, yeah. Because you can't- I've had a couple of my members who, have, who just had one restaurant, and they were doing okay, but they were there- moment it opened the moment they closed the first one's there last one's out the margins are small margins yeah. are small and it, it really don't start making money until you have like three four or five restaurants that's when it really starts taking off mm-hmm. um but yeah let me let me tell you the story of how the title of the podcast right we haven't even talked about it yet well you you alluded to it it's like yeah then i started an entrepreneurship but like but there's, a, there's a story yeah tell us um, does it go back no i feel like it goes back a week for me what do you mean it goes back a week? Because we were hanging out. And he's like, man, I think I'm about to quit or something like that. I think. Right? Well, but that was the begin. That was, that was like the beginning. Yeah, of start it, right? from the beginning. So, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I was working for that for the boutique firm, and then just re- realized that okay, I, I need to switch it up, and I want to try something different. So I was like, okay, maybe if I go to a bigger firm, I'll make more money, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I'll be happier for whatever reason. <laughs> oh boy, was I wrong? <laughs> was I wrong? And that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, that was really the beginning of the end. That's when I started voicing all my concerns with friends, family. Saying, "Hey, I think I'm going super quit. frustrated." Like uh, I was so frustrated. I, I I hated going and seriously, and I, I don't use that word lightly. I hated going. I, I did not look forward to it. I look I look forward to my lunch break, and then I look forward to the last hour of the day because I know I was about to get off. And you should in never the weekend. In the weekend, exactly. You should never. We're not even here because you still had to work uh, on the weekends at this big firm. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Everyone rotated <laughs> and you had to work. But um, you should for the listeners out there. If that is you, you need to switch it up because, as Melo said, you listen. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you that, that is limited, and you shouldn't be doing something that that's you know causing you that much stress and pain. Yeah, stress so, kills, man. It's bad so, on your body. So when yeah, so when I started working at this bigger firm, um, that I was miserable. There was such a corporate. I made more money, but it was such a like a corporate setting, and and they were really keeping up with everything. I just couldn't do it, and so. Um, but the problem was that I signed a contract that required me to give them like a ninety day notice before mm-hmm. I can leave. So three months, right? Like who yeah. does that? Like maybe I'll give you a month, right? Usually it's two weeks, but in the professional world, leases don't even do that. <laughs> well, in, the, in the professional world, you do at least a month, um, maybe even a little more, but three months is a lot. So, um, and if I if I didn't give them the notice, and for some reason they suffered some type of you know um, monetary uh, damage uh, to their business, then they could sue me. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's when funny. that's a law office suing the lawyer. <laughs> that, that's right, right? But he, he, so here's the thing, right? That's so funny. It's mm-hmm. true. And you know, as an attorney, you make a lot of money playing with the gray, right? Mm-hmm. If everything's black and white, you don't need an attorney. Yeah. Right. It's it's clear, right? Yeah. There's no issue. But you make a lot of money as an attorney in the gray. And so I said, okay, well, if I quit and I don't give them a notice, that puts me, you know, exposes me to probably getting sued in some way, maybe. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that says I can't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how it started. So I started going on on lunches. At the same time, actually, I was going on these lunches. I was I was trying to find a, a location for my office. Mm-hmm. And I was really making things uh, happen during that time. So, I mean, that's what happened for about two or three days straight. I went on lunch. And it was like a two-hour lunch, two to three-hour lunch. Like you, I came, went, you came and saw me too. I came. Yeah, I came up there. Actually, I came up there and I hung out with you for yep. a little while. We had yep. some fun. Um, and that was that was on a lunch break, and then I went back to work. And I think that's the day I got fired. Yeah, it was. I think. Uh, yeah, you walked in the house. He's like, I just got fired. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was 
like, what? what? Can we just like, like sit with this for a second? How bad must it have been for you to resort to trying to like orchestrate a way to get fired from this corporate firm? Well, to be fair, this, this, this firm here, um, and I imagine there are a lot, a lot of the big firms are like this. Um, to be fair though, I, I was already thinking that I wanted my own firm. When I got that job. So I got that job with a specific purpose, and it was to learn their system, their corporate system of how to manage a firm with that many cases, mm-hmm. if I want to go that route. Because mm-hmm. I, I was at a very, very small boutique firm that had that did great quality service. They're still some of the best attorneys in Charlotte. I learned. I'm still really good friends with one of them. I actually mm-hmm. talked to him earlier this week. Um, but I, I they lacked business administration. They just did not know how to organize a firm and and really automate the process, the mm-hmm. work, right, and the staff and all that. So I'll go to another firm that did um, legal work. I got to block that out, dude. Oh, yeah, it, we don't cuss either. They did really, really good. <laughs> to know, 30 minutes in. Right? They do really, really bad legal work. It's poor quality. Um, not all of them there, but generally speaking as the firm, poor quality. But they had a system just, I mean, to the T. It was beautiful, mm. and um, you so blended it too. I did, and that, you're going to be the the new wave of law, Chick Fil A. Oh, law. that's right, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, so it's it's actually like, you, let me explain. Okay. <laughs> so, so the firm where the I was, too. so yeah, exactly. So where the, where I was working, this big corporate firm, um, they were the McDonald's of law firms, right? Okay. So they they focus on volume, and it didn't, it didn't matter if they forgot the cheese on one of the burgers, or they it was cold, it was mm-hmm. a cold patty, right? Because guess what? Another ten thousand freaking clients are lining up at the door that month, mm-hmm. needing your services or product. So they didn't they didn't care. It's a it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. I switched it up and I was thinking, I was like, listen, I want to be the Chick-fil-A of law firms, (laughs) right? Where we focus on quality and you take care of your staff and all that. And that's where it started. So, so to answer your question, yeah, it was, it was a lot of things that were building up to it and Mm -hmm. it it was all orchestrated from the very beginning, really. (laughs) Um, Because I knew that I needed, I needed to work at a firm that had a system in place. I mean, I was in there, I was, I was doing, I was doing recon work, you know, I was, I was in there just trying to, I was gathering intel. Mm. Um, and and so oh you was behind enemy lines I kind of go in the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was on the cover, um, and um, I didn't do anything illegal though, for the record. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so and then you throw that you throw the corporate um, environment on top of that, like that that just blew me over the edge. Honestly, I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna work there for at least a year mm-hmm. or two. Um, I only lasted like two months, mm. um, and it was brutal two months really. Um, but yeah, I went. I went back. I went to lunch, and I, <laughs> and I never was, came back. I, no, I mean, I went back. I just got fired. <laughs> the moment I get the moment I get there, my emails are blowing up, and the HR uh, manager it hunts me down. She actually mm-hmm. comes into my office because she has been calling me and emailing me, and she comes in my office. She's like, "Oh, I got to see you. Come, come to this room." Blah blah blah. And I knew I was getting fired. It was, I mean, everyone's looking at me like, "Oh my god, he's getting fired!" <laughs> like, like, like everyone because it's you a get a little box. No, yeah, I was no. going to say high turnover rate. High turnover rate. I mean, these this firm goes through probably since I've been there, mm-hmm. right? Or since I've left, they've already fired and let go like four different attorneys. And you know what? I haven't gone a year. That's, Jeez. That's probably why they have that stipulation in the contract. So uh, that yes, that's yeah. why. Because it puts a burden on them. They invest time in training you and then they mm-hmm. give you all these cases. And then when you when you leave, they got to redistribute those cases and they right. fall behind. So actually, that's a very Sounds interesting like a point. production line. When, oh, it is. It's a McDonald's. It's a McDonald's. I mean, it, it, exactly what it is. They have a system. They have a workflow that's beautiful. That I 
I have. <laughs> um, but but you but, won't treat your employees like that. Oh, they won't no, want to leave no, after no. two months in. No, no, no. I'm going to have employees who want to work for the business, not yeah. who have to work for the business. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. They did not have one person in that office that wanted to be there. They paid some people and they bought them. I yeah. mean, you bought them. You bought yeah. them. They were little work sluts. Yeah. Really? <laughs> that's bad, but it's true. And that's what kept them there because mm-hmm. no one wanted to be there. Yeah. Oh, everyone's miserable. And when that 501 hit, everyone they, was running out the door. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only the people who were like really higher up that got paid a lot that were like willing to put an extra. They left that 701. Mm-hmm. They put an extra two hours. But when 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 they when the HR lady called me in, she was like, um, hey, we're noticing that you've been uh, taking two, three hour lunches and you've been coming an hour late, leaving an hour early. <laughs> um, you know, that just doesn't work with, with our requirements. And so we're going to, we're going to let you go. Mm-hmm. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> I was smiling and she was like, is there something you want to say? And I was like, well, since you asked, <laughs> um, yes. And I told her just that I said, listen, y'all have, if y'all measure success based on, um, how much money, the income that this firm is making, mm-hmm. oh, you all, y'all are doing great. Y'all, y'all, y'all got it. I yeah. Mean, y'all, y'all, y'all. I mean, within those two months that I was there, I generated a hundred thousand dollars in attorney's fees. Mm-hmm. In two months, made a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so that you only see, you only saw a fraction of. Exactly. Oh yeah, I saw. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that was very interesting to me because if I had worked the whole year, I think I was on track to make that firm. And just for, by my the clients I was assigned and mm-hmm. working on, I was on track to make that firm. Or they're going to at least have me bill a million dollars. Just me. They got. 30 attorneys. That's 30 million a year, right? If yeah. everyone's on the same track. And I had the small load. I had because I was training and right. Yeah, they were teaching. Yeah. I had a small cases in load. But anyways, um, I told her, y'all, 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 y'all got it. I cannot argue with that. But if you measure success um in terms of how happy everyone is here and 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 and, and the, the staff's morale, mm-hmm. oh, y'all failed. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. I said, it's real bad. Like, I got to change it. I was like, you know what? And, and I told her, I said, listen, you are a great person. Don't take this personally. Because I knew she was. She was mm-hmm. like getting all weird. And I said, but listen, go call basically the founder of the firm. I said, mm-hmm. go call him in here. I'll tell him. Because he needs to hear it. Yeah. Otherwise, and maybe you don't care. And you know, Well, I don't think, well, Do you, yeah, go some, some of the HR people, they get it. But like, they don't really understand how the organization is structured contributes to the work culture in the actual like space. Yeah. You get I, what I'm saying? I would push back on that and say, I, I think they do understand and just don't care. They've been bought out. Yeah. They've, they've been, been bought, out. bought out. And if, Here's they, the if thing. they have a high turnover rate and like you said, 10,000 other clients will come lining up just because if not only clients, calls, they also know people need a job. So that's have, why I so if you jobs. fire these attorneys that they only keep for six months, it's okay. Another 3000 just graduated in, in North Carolina. So we're going to give, they're, they're looking for jobs too. But right. that's what I'm saying. But it comes down to the business. The, the business is structured in a way that uh, financially they're fine if they do have a high turnover oh, yeah. rate. Oh, if they started in. going down financially because people were turned over, oh. then mm-hmm. HR would do some other stuff. You know what I'm saying? What saying. Which is so what leads me to believe. It all comes exactly down to intrinsic exactly rewards and stuff like that. But you know mm-hmm. what it is? That firm, along with a lot of big firms, they, on a very deeper level, they have, they are, they have identified themselves with the money. So yes. you're right. Once they, once the, once the, their pocket starts hurting because of turnover or morale, then, they then that's change. when they care. Yeah. It's not there yet. And I told myself, I never, and that's why I don't want to 
make a lot of money from a law practice because if you do, then you become that. You risk becoming that way, yeah. right? You don't want to mm-hmm. become identified with one thing. You diversify, and if you know one doesn't do well, then you can fix it or you let it go. Mm-hmm. But the moment you identify yourself with money, in terms of an entrepreneur perspective, I think, and really with anything, you suck the life and joy out of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. And that's what happened. And so, yeah, so I said, listen, y'all doing bad? And she was like, okay, well, um, you know, give me your key. It was so funny because you, you asked about the box. Yeah. I, I knew I wasn't going to be there long, so mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't bring anything. There was nothing. <laughs> there were no, no personal, pictures, no, no cards. personal belongings. And the only thing that was probably there was an umbrella that I brought because it was raining one day. That was wow. it. And so she, she's like, she, she's, they have these key cards and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, I'm going to need your key card. I said, okay, here you go. And I was like, uh, I think I left my headphones upstairs or something. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to go upstairs and grab, you know, whatever. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna follow you. I'm like, okay. And wow. I'm like, like, I'm going to steal something. I'm going to walk out with a desktop computer. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? Um, but that was, that was funny. It was embarrassing, but yet rewarding because I'm You knew walking. what was on the other side. Oh, I knew. I was free. Mm-hmm. I was free. And I never, I never looked back. Hmm. So how long you been an entrepreneur now? So I officially went into business uh, since June of 2020. So it hasn't even been a year. Oh, pause. You did this in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so for the for the listeners out there, listen, y'all gotta have y'all gotta be brave and, and, and have, have a plan. Have a plan, but sometimes don't, man. Just 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 live life. It's but okay. S- some people are are go getters enough to be able to figure something out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Not everybody is not like that. It depends that. on your personality. Mel- Some people yeah. can Mello build a plane. Mello took a very deep, deep breath over here. Like, I, I definitely need a plan before I jump shit. Oh, for like, sure. I need yeah, three I months can't... worth of income before yeah. I do anything. Yeah. Exactly. It, oh, and it no. depends on how risk averse you are. Get or this. risk I was I was dating are. this girl um, when I left the boutique firm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said, listen. And, and this is the first time I had looked at my resume in like two or three years like from, <laughs> from law school, right? Like, I, I had a great resume coming out of law school. I got the boutique job and like I just forgot my resume. And so she was looking. At it. And I was looking at it. I was like, God dang, that's a bad resume. Like <laughs> the fawning was off, the, the the spacing was off. It was just it was a it was bad. So she's helping me because she went to a really good law school and um and so she had um a really tight and nice resume. So she's like making fun of me at this point. And I said, watch. It's we're in the middle of pandemic. This was this was March. Yeah, this was March, April, early yep. April. I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit, I'm gonna leave this boutique firm and I'm gonna find another job. In the middle of in the middle of a pan of the uh, pandemic, and she's like, "No, there's no way, not with this resume." So she helps me with the resume, and I said, "Listen, I don't even need the resume, but but okay, we got to play by the rules. We got to play by the corporate rules." Yeah. So we we work on the resume, and it's still not good. She she was upset. She's like, "There's no reason you should submit this." Um, I was like, "It's okay. It's good enough for me." Yeah. All right. Just this will get me an interview, and if I get an interview, it's it's done. Yeah. And I know it sounds cocky, but it's confidence. Like you know, yeah. if I can get in the room, I'm okay. Yeah. And. And I got I got the interview, mm-hmm. and I said, "Listen, I told her, I said, listen, I'm about to get a job. I'm about to get a job. I'm about to make more money than I was at the <laughs> boutique firm in the middle of the pandemic." Mm-hmm. So then I got it, I mm-hmm. got it, and then they made me an offer, and we negotiated, and and it was it was reasonable. And then I and then I, yeah, so then I jumped ship. Actually, I switched jobs from boutique to the bigger firm in the middle of the pandemic when everyone's getting laid off. And then yes, and then boom, fast forward a little bit. <laughs> you quit. Bit. I, I quit. I was like, you know what? If I could get a job during the pandemic, I could start a business. The <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it went down. Yep, yep. Wow. So um, could you talk to us about some of the pros of being an entrepreneur? Well, yeah, of being an entrepreneur, not specifically like one at a law firm, just being an entrepreneur in general, as far as like taxes and stuff like that. 
Texas. Yeah, okay, taxes. so uh, so I said earlier the flexibility. I mean, that's the thing. Like tomorrow, mm-hmm. if I want to go in, as long as I don't have any appointments and everything's taken care of, I don't have to go in tomorrow until 10, 11, or maybe just work from home. Mm-hmm. I can do what I want. So the flexibility, right? I can take mm-hmm. a vacation when I want, assuming it's all taken care of, all my work's taken care of. So the flexibility is definitely the big one. The second one is like you do things how you want, which I'm doing it not because of how I want. It's what I think is best for my team yeah, and, yeah. And, and the clients. And so far, we're receiving a great, a lot of positive feedback. But mm. the other thing... Oh, side note, start capturing that stuff. Okay. And then um, the, the, the other thing is taxes. So <laughs> so I went, to, I went to law school and we studied the tax code. Um, and it's always changing and evolving depending on the administration. But um, the most important thing to realize, I think that any... That if you all don't take away anything else from this podcast is that the code, the tax code is not written to benefit employees. It's written to benefit employers, Mm -hmm. business owners, people Mm -hmm. who create jobs. You can write off just about everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully next year I'm going to set everything up where I am writing off everything. I mean, half of my house, right? Because I work from home. Business, I have an yeah. office. I have an office so I can write off my, my mortgage. And half of my mortgage. it's not illegal. Yeah, It's exactly, not. No, no. Because that is where phone, you're operating phone, from. Car, car. Clothes. Like what I'm wearing right That's now. That's excessive. It's marketing. No, it's marketing. No, no, <laughs> it's, no. It comes, yeah, it's marketing. I, wait, which part's excessive? The clothes. Oh, no. No, no, no marketing. No, no, no. See, see, like if you were, if I was a traditional law firm that wore a bunch of suits, and I wear suits every now and then if I'm going to go to court or have a deposition or something. But if I'm in office, like I, this is what I wore today. And mm-hmm. if this is what I'm wearing, this is my uniform. And by default, that is a business expense, uh, expense <laughs> right? So I'm writing off my clothes. I'm writing off, yes, my cell phone, because I also use my cell phone for the it's business basically calls. my business. Yeah. yeah, it's my business phone. Um, my car, right? I drive, I drive a decent car, and it's nice to write that off. It's paying for itself. It's, mm-hmm. it's an asset. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Food, when I go out. Um, you know, business lunches, business lunches, trips, as long mm-hmm. as we have a, a meal. And that's the thing. So see, you're not, this isn't illegal if you know how to read it and, you know, and you're being honest too, because yeah. mm-hmm. if I were to take a trip now to, um, let's just say California and, you know, it's expensive hotels, all the food and everything. All I have to do is really just have one meeting and it's a business expense. Mm-hmm. You know, the purpose of that trip was to have that meeting and it's, and I can write everything else off. Right, you can't do that as an employee. No. Nope, you can't. You all will continue to pay forty percent taxes while business owners and 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 people who make a lot of money it's like twenty less, or seventeen. Well, yeah, it's usually, it's less than twenty five. Yeah, just keep it broad like that, and that's much better than forty. Yeah. Did you learn? The bulk of that in law school. Do you think having an, a law degree helped you branch off on your own and become an entrepreneur? Yeah. So law school is funny. Law school does not. In my opinion, law school doesn't teach you how to become a good attorney. Mm. It, it teaches you the how rules? to be very no, no, not even the rules, man. It teaches you, <laughs> it teaches you where to find the rules. Oh, um, it, it, law school teaches you how to be very analytical. Mm-hmm. Um, really, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, they teach you, they give you these resources. But you ask me these questions, and if it's outside of what I've practiced, even though I had to know it to pass the bar, I don't know it, but I know where to find it. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm not a walking encyclopedia. Like I, I can, I know how to. Pro- you know how to solve problems. That's yeah. why you go to law school to, to to learn how to solve very difficult, complex problems. And so to answer your your question, Melo, uh, I think yes. But here's the thing: I think more important than, than law school has really been the, it's the internet. So if I get on, I don't have any social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not on any apps. Um, and if I'm on my phone, is 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 to invest in some way in your business, in my business, or yeah. myself. 
right? And so the internet has allowed me to do a lot and to combine that with the with the legal background. But really, it's the internet is it really open. Instead of watching, you know, stupid YouTube videos that mm-hmm. are wasting time and, and money, and you're just sitting around wasting time and not doing anything, uh, I pull up videos on businesses and how they use the tax code and 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 whatnot. And so. A little bit of both, I guess, to answer your question. Yeah, because one thing I know about, like, because I've already got kind of like my entrepreneurial plan. Um, I found this out through research. It's called like the SIP IRA. You can put 57 grand in there a year. But now if you're working for like, uh, say, a job, I think the limit is like 19500 So you mm-hmm. capped off at how much you can put away for retirement. Yeah, if you work for someone else. Yep. Yeah. But if you're an entrepreneur, you can put like 57K a year in there, and which so, is crazy. And so, listen, <clears throat> and for the viewers and listeners, you don't have to start big. You don't have to go out and get a law degree and then you know create your own law firm. You can start small. If you're creative, you can turn anything into a business. You can business. do anything. But I'm yeah. saying like if if for example, so I love cars, right? You can create <laughs> you can create an LLC, right? And then launch a YouTube channel, put it under the LLC, and all the expenses that relate to you and that channel and everything associated with it, you can write off, right? Yep. So the the clothes that I wear for that episode you can write that off and if it's clothes that you wear every single day and it just happens to be on the episode well you're writing off your whole wardrobe mm-hmm. the, the the camera equipment right your phone if you're recording on your phone so you can find ways and it's not big time right you're just it's just a it's a small llc mm-hmm. just a youtube channel and if you're just doing it for fun great and it's fun if you make a little money. That's that's great. But if hey, you can still write all this stuff off, yeah. and it will still benefit you. And it's easy to open an LLC. Super just like a hundred, hundred ten, hundred twenty five dollars. You can do it online. That's right. Get your little EIN number, and you in business, baby. That's yeah. it. You can and start even writing things if off. you're starting off small, like having those tax breaks allow you to reinvest in the business and grow it. Yeah, I think faster. you can show a uh, a loss for like two years or three years. Mm. I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't. Oh, my mom does taxes. Bus- I haven't been in business yet for a year, so yeah. I, w- I will know when I do my taxes uh, how long we can roll these losses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's pretty much it. That's it? Yeah. I think we pretty much got everything out. Um, so thanks again to our guest, uh, Mello. Um, Thank you for having me. I'm not sure if Very you want impromptu. the any, listeners any other- to have your socials or <laughs> anything like that. Well, you have any other questions or anything you want to add? Yeah. Oh. Um, Not at the moment. Cool. Not at, maybe I have to come back. Cool. Maybe yeah. I'll come back for like a part two of this episode or something. Oh, yeah. 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 We're always rolling. We try to do one at least once a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Do you want to let anyone know to follow you or you just want to remain anonymous? And maybe let me remain back? anonymous. Yeah. Let me think about that. Cool, okay. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch at In the Trenches Podcast. Also, this is new. Feel free to call us at 704-561-1428 and leave a voicemail with some of your feedback and questions for any of the episodes. Click the link in our bios uh, to fill out the form if you'd like to be a guest. Returning listeners, tell a friend to tell a friend. Go ahead, go ahead. Wrap up, wrap up. I, I, there is something I want to add. Oh, new listeners, please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Follow if you're on Spotify. We are also on Pandora, Our Heart Radio, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Good job, man. Good <laughs> Thank job. Thank you. So I, I, I would love to hear from the listeners to see what they want to hear next. Right? Okay. Maybe some topics that they're going through, because mm-hmm. you know, we don't know it all, and we're still trying to figure it out. So something that they feel like they're going through or they want us to you know, discuss or yeah. find someone. If we don't know or we can't figure it out, we'll find somebody. Um, you know, put, the, put it in the comments. Send us your questions. And, or call the number. Leave a little voicemail. Yeah, and then we'll, 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 do an, we'll do an episode. So let's hear from the fans. Sounds good. All right. That's the Nintendo's Podcast. We out. Bye.
Thanks, y'all. Appreciate Peace. It.